We're looking at a really cool project today. A project that lets you earn yield from single-sided staking, which means that you do not experience impermanent loss. And here to tell us more about it is Simon. Hey Simon, how's it going? And what can you tell us about GMD? Hey Will, yeah, we are talking about GMD today. And I guess to really understand how GMD works, we actually need to understand what it works on, because this is a DeFi project that is built on top of another DeFi project. So we haven't covered the other one in a full podcast. We're pretty sure we've talked about it in some of our rants before. I know I've definitely talked about it on socials. That other one is GMX, which is a decentralized leveraged trading platform or perpetual trading platform. And so what that is, is it is allowing someone to work entirely on chain on Arbitrum, but using up to 50 times leverage. So how does that work? Well, for it to be decentralized, it needs the money to come from somewhere. And that money comes from liquidity providers. So how GMX works is it allows people to deposit crypto into the GMX platform and it splits it into Bitcoin, Ethereum, a bunch of stable coins, different types. I think there's Uniswap and Link in there, all the ones that people may want to leverage on. And so when people use that platform, they borrow from that pool of liquidity. The way it makes money is that traders typically lose over the long run. Most traders lose money over the long run and GMX has been making quite a significant amount of money for a long time and it makes that money in Ethereum. So how does GMD work with that? Well, I guess the key thing that people didn't like about GL, GMX, and I'm going to say that wrong a few times in this, I feel, but I'm going to try my best to keep separated, but people didn't like about GMX is that they had to put stable coins in and they knew it got split into those Bitcoin, Ethereum, stable coins, uni, light, and link, um, which made, meant you were exposed to the rise and fall of those other assets. People didn't want that. They didn't want that exposure to the varying assets. So what GMD did, he said, okay, we're going to create our own liquidity pools of Bitcoin, of Ethereum, of stable coins. You just put in Ethereum and we will do a lot of work in the background that means that you only have exposure to your one asset that you're putting in, but we then pull that money together and we put it across into the GMX platform. And so what it basically means is rather than just yielding Ethereum like you do in GMX, you are yielding in just your token. So you are yielding in just Bitcoin if you put Bitcoin in. And yet it removes that impermanent loss element of other, uh, other coins going up more than the other in the indexed fund of GMX really complicated to kind of understand and you really mm. need to play around with it a bit to get into it but that's the kind of mm. basis of it gmd makes yield off the gmx trading platform and the way mm. it does that is it creates liquidity pools in single coins which i think is a really cool idea and it's proving to be uh, quite loved by people who are using the platform Wow, that sounds really interesting, but it also sounds pretty complicated, Simon. Maybe we can try and break this down by first looking at <clears throat> GMX. So you said that GMX is a decentralized exchange where you can deposit your tokens, but that not only that trade with leverage, which is really cool. That means that if I go there and I put in 10 ETH, I might be able to trade, let's say, 15 or 20 ETH that does not belong to me. That means I can make bigger trades and hopefully make bigger profits. But as you said, a lot of people lose money. So in the original way in GMX, how did this work? If I wanted to trade ETH with leverage, what did I need to do? Did I need to bring in Ethereum or do I need to bring in a mix of tokens? How did that work before 
the solution, which is GND? How did these two work before the solution? Sure. So let's go to how a centralized exchange does it at the moment. So if you want to leverage an Ethereum position, so you want to do a 10x Ethereum long, you want to bet the price is going to go up, you would borrow money typically from the exchange. And so the exchange would then charge you a percentage fee for borrowing their money to do that trade. So they are the ones making all the money basically from this position because they have the liquidity, they have the borrowing power. So people don't necessarily want to live on the decentralized centralized world anymore. So they want a decentralized version of it. And that's great. So we now have a decentralized version of it, but then where does the money come from? Who are they mm. borrowing money off to be able to do these leveraged trades? The answer to that is liquidity providers. And so that is individuals like myself or you can go and deposit our Ethereum into the GMX pool and someone borrows that money from us. So they pay us a yield from it. Mm. So they pay an interest for it. I should say not a yield from it. Mm. We make a yield from it. They pay interest to borrow our money. And so that's kind of how it works. The trader is separate to the liquidity provider. The trader is borrowing the money to try and make money. And the liquidity provider is earning that yield from the person borrowing their money. That's how GMX basically works. Okay, so there is a trader who's borrowing money and there's a liquidity provider who's putting in ETH. Now, what was the problem there before we, we, we had GMD? Uh, was it impermanent loss? And who's, who suffered from that impermanent loss? Well, I guess we should go back to how GMX gets its liquidity. So GMX doesn't hold single assets for you. You could deposit ETH, you could deposit wrap Bitcoin, you could deposit stable coins. But what GMX does in the background is if you put in $1,000, it goes and converts that $1,000 into $4,400 worth of Bitcoin, $500 worth of Ethereum, $100 worth of stablecoins in their ratio that they determine. And that is a dynamic ratio to allow the trading platform to work. Because basically, if more people are borrowing Bitcoin, they need to convert some of those reserves around. So that's where impermanent loss comes in. So you would put in $1,000 of Ethereum, of Bitcoin, of stable coins, but it will get converted into those different ratios of yeah. different coins. That's where impermanent loss can come in play because you that, don't have $1,000 of Ethereum, you have $1,000 of a range of coins. That, that makes sense. And that is me as the liquidity provider. I provide ETH or whatever, but the problem is that they'll that convert is- it to other things, exposing me to impermanent loss. Okay. so. That's definitely a problem. All right. That makes a lot of sense now. Now, how does GMD solve this impermanent loss problem? So GMD solved this by basically creating a pseudo delta neutral strategy. So what they did is they created a pool separate and they created pools of Ethereum, Bitcoin, and stable coins. And what they do is you allow you to deposit individually into that pool and then they basically put it together into the ratios that gmx wants and sends it across and it does a few other things behind the scenes to make sure that when prices move a bit it rebalances itself and it's probably too complicated and i probably couldn't even do it just to describe it but basically (laughs) what it means is that rather than your ethereum being converted into all those things GMB does that in the background for you, but it only puts you at exposure to the Ethereum. So your, you know, two Ethereum, three Ethereum that goes in stays in Ethereum and you earn yield in Ethereum and you can withdraw your Ethereum at any point in time. 
So it's single-sided liquidity providing effectively. That that makes a lot of sense to me now, Simon. Thank you so much. So basically, what GMD is doing is it allows you to provide a single token. You're not exposed to any loss at all. And then this single token is borrowed by uh, traders on the other side uh, on the GMX exchange, and then they use it for leverage. And once they do that, they make their profits or losses. But regardless, there's an algorithm that manages that to make sure that the tokens that I deposit on GMD are safe and to make sure that they earn interest on the yield. Ah, that's quite a nice setup. <laughs> yeah, and it, we're talking about some significant yields as well, like 10% on stable coins, 8% on Bitcoin mm. and Ethereum. And it's obviously entirely dependent on how many traders are using the platform and how many traders are losing because traders do have periods where they win more and therefore the liquidity providers don't get as much. Mm. But that is, you know, significant yield, real yield from real use cases mm. and single sided. It's, you know, really promising, really interesting way that's... of creating more yield using a project that's making money. Mm. That's amazing. And I feel like it's really great because it's based on Ethereum. And that means that GMX is probably a more efficient exchange. It's the algorithms can run enough, fast enough to do all the calculations they need to do. And that creates such a beautiful use case to bring your utility onto Arbitrum, which is amazing. But then, so this project sounds really cool, but I'm cognizant of the fact that Arbitrum still isn't, it's big, but I don't think it's as big as it could be. And that kind of means that the projects there aren't necessarily as massive. So how much traction does GMD have? How big is it? Uh, how much money have they given away? How much money has people earned? How, how is the protocol doing? Yeah, great questions there. So it is doing pretty well, I have to say, as far as a DeFi application. So it's got about $18 million in total value locked in the system. Mm. And so that's pretty good, you know, considering they've only been, a, it's been around six months. So wow. it's, you know, quite a significant total value locked in there. And it's produced about $450,000 worth of revenue for stakers. So you know, not, not a small amount by any means. So mm. decent yield, decent t total value locked and a project that's actually being used and they've got a their founder soul i think is his name he's mm. very active on twitter so he's very vocal about the project everyone knows him so I, I like that because you know it's anonymous is great in crypto and we can see it a lot but it's also gives me more confidence when we do see the founder out there and we see his face and we know who he is and we know what he's talking about he's really pushing the project he's really coming up with new ideas and mm. i guess to talk about how the token itself works and what the token does. So they do have a GMV token. You don't have to use, you don't have to have the token to just earn that yield. And most people mm. just go and use GMD to earn that yield. They don't go and participate in being a token holder and voting. It's a DAO token. So it also earns yield. So it creates, generates fees from the protocol itself. So it's a good token in that regards, but they're not stopping there. And they're doing something which kind of unique not that unique some people do it but create a launch pad for new projects on their platform so any new project that wants to come on board gets to launch it to the gmd community first mm -hmm. which means they get access mm -hmm. to gmd developers and the founders to try and you know, talk about what they're building what they're developing the tokenomics of it and so they're allowing other projects to launch through them through their community they've already mm -hmm. built so that's mm -hmm. a nice attachment to the project in general and shows that the project mm. has still got ideas of building and doing more doesn't really mm. sit well with me in that it's not 
core to what GMD does. Mm. But maybe this is their way to step out from being just a yield aggregator. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally see your point where it's not the core. It's almost as if they're branching out into something else. I mean, an exchange and uh, a launch pad isn't exactly the same. I suppose on the other side, it does make the token more interesting because uh, I've seen some other launch pads do this. But my problem with those other launch pads is that it's a token specifically for a launch pad. And that kind of what kind of what pisses me off about that. But I guess what I like about this is that you've got a token that's being used for other things. It seems to have, I'm sure it's got governance and staking issues, which we could probably talk about. But then on top of that, uh, having it as a launchpad means that if I want to launch a token on uh, on Arbitrum, I, I can go there. It's pretty popular. I know I'm going to be listed on uh, on on GMX, which, which is kind of cool. People are going to leverage my token as well, which is amazing. But I think the cool thing is that it gives you a really cool uh, reason to hold the token because how this launchpad works typically for tokens in demand is that you get early access depending on the size of your stake. So I suppose it kind of creates a gamification thing where the token is staked a little bit more, which is, I suppose that's pretty cool. Um, but then, so that's that's one use for it. But then what other core use cases are there for this token? The GMD token, yes. So the main use case really is earning fees from the protocol. So that's what gives it a kind of a significant value, I would say is that just holding it means you are effectively earning yield from the pro protocol itself. It is a DAO token, yes, so you can vote on future directions of the project itself. And then, yeah, now they've added this launch pad system. So, yes, it gives you early access to these new projects. It also generates some fees from these launched projects as well. So for launching on their pro protocol, they take a chunk of fees, which again goes to GMD holders. So it's adding that utility to a token. It's definitely pivoted away from the core of what the project is, but mm. maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe we do need to see these tokens have multiple uses across multiple projects doing more than just you know a yield aggregator. So I think that's a good thing. I think it's a sign of the founders, at least making sure that they're still progressing, still doing, still making changes, still moving forward. So that's kind of a mm. cool thing. Yeah. What do you think about the investment opportunity for GMD token? This is the interesting one. And it's going to come down to some risk to reward elements because GMD is so dependent upon GMX leverage mm -hmm. trading platform. Yeah. It kind of comes to the question of should I invest in GMD or should I just invest in GMX? And that's where I'm stuck to a degree is that the argument could be said though, no, do you invest in the farmer who produces the wheat or do you invest in the food company that produces the cereal? It's kind of, you know, they, but they are, one is entirely dependent upon the other. And I don't know what the true answer is, but the way I look at it is that it's going to come down to risk to reward. So GMD has a relatively low market cap. I think fully diluted, it's only about 9 million so it is a it's low nothing. market cap, whereas GMX is in the $200 million. So mm. it is a large protocol. It's got a large amount of revenue and it's got a large amount of value. So the question that I'm going to be, I think both projects are great. Both mm. projects are worth using 
as a user, which makes it you know, better. You don't have to invest in the tokens to use the projects. They're just really good to use. Mm. So the question for me comes down to which one do I think would do better in the long term? So something that's got a very small market cap, how mm. high can it go versus the larger cap? How high can that one go? You've got to make that decision. And I think at some point mm. there's going to be a point where GMD will always be X amount percentage of GMX's market cap, just because they're going to move together. The success of one mm. drives the success of the other. Mm. So I can't obviously give financial advice, but that's the way I look at it. Do I think GMD can do better in the short to medium term than GMX? The answer is maybe because mm. it's such a small market cap, but I don't know which one I'd prefer to own the GMX token or the GMD token. They're both pretty cool. What I do know is that I, I will use the projects. I will chase that yield yeah. that they provide because it's a real yield. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense for me. And decentralized exchanges, I, I think I'm a big fan of them, especially because of how regulations are going. And I think they really open up the opportunity to trade permissionlessly. I don't know why I need to show my passport if I want to buy Ethereum, well, if I want to buy some other uh, real world currency, if I'm buying the US dollar, I don't think I have to show my passport to anybody as far as I know. Um, I mean, I can go to my bank and, and, and buy currencies if I want or go to an ATM in some country and withdraw some currency. I'm not really showing any ID or anything like that. So I'm a big fan of decentralized exchanges and there's probably room for growth. Uh, yeah, to agree with you, it, it does seem like a tempting buy and it does look like risk and reward. My personal feeling is that my personal preference is to get tokens when they're really young. So I, I personally would probably lean more towards the GMD six months in and it's going this much traction. It's linked to a pretty decent project and the yield amounts seem really cool. That's really high. And whereas in Aave, I think the yield gets a little bit competitive. I feel like uh, I, I'm not sure how the the dynamics here uh, work in in the case of an exchange and leverage, but I would hope that they were better than Aave. I think that's an interesting thing to look at because obviously, if too many people come into this uh, protocol, then that that means that the yield is lowered. So I'd really like to see how that works. But overall, I I would also think that it's it's a really cool project, and I personally would lean to the GMD. I think. Um, now, moving on, um, I, I think we hadn't talked about the risks, and I'm wondering what kind of risks are presented in this protocol. Uh, you said it's connected to GMX, which is actually something that I hadn't considered, but what are the kind of risks are we looking at? It's the usual risks, obviously, and it's always the smart contract risk. I guess the other risk to take into account is that the yield is entirely dependent on success or the failure of traders who use the platform. So the mm. yield's definitely not guaranteed, which is a good thing. Everyone says guaranteed yield is something to be wary mm. of. It's not guaranteed yield. This is just depending on how many traders use the platform and how successful they are. If the traders are very successful, then the people providing liquidity actually don't make much money or lose money potentially. Mm. But over a very long period of time, it's very clear to see that these things are constantly making good money. 10% yields is fairly consistent for a long time now. So the more they do get more users, more yield. So mm -hmm. you might get more better traders coming onto the platform though, if it's easier 
Don't know. So that's a risk is that traders could do really well and you might actually not realize that yield long term. Smart contract risk obviously could fail. We've added a layer of smart contract risk because GMX is built and then GMD was mm. built on top of that. So you've got two points yeah. of failure, I guess, in the smart contract risk. And I think even though it is a delta neutral strategy, I think if there was significantly disparaging price differences, I think the GMD delta neutral system of protecting your single sided asset mm. may have some stress testing. I know they've got okay. a protection pool in place for that. And considering it's the blue chip coins used, it's unlikely that we would see a huge disparity of price between like Bitcoin and Ethereum, for instance, like they don't, they tend to both go up reasonably well together. But if one shut up and the other went down, the GMD treasury would try to compensate for that to keep it delta neutral mm. and make sure you don't lose any of your single side stake. But it may stress test and push that to extremes. That's a risk. It's unlikely, but it is a risk still there. And they have, they said they put a treasury in place to try and prevent that. But I guess it's a part of understanding of how your money is being used. So that's probably the main risks I would say is that traders could do really well. Mm. Price variances could destroy the delta neutral and your single side asset is not as well protected as you think. Well, the other, I guess the other thing for GMD is people just stop using GMX, stop using the deleverage platform, which means that the yield just disappears. You should be able to get your money back. Yeah. But if people aren't using that trading platform, then GMB has no value. Yeah, indeed, Simon, that's a really good point. And so there we have it. We've got a really cool protocol with some really nice novel features, uh, lending out your tokens for other traders to use it for leverage. But then to balance that, you've also got to consider the risks. And I guess that covers it for this episode. And it's, if you haven't checked out GMD yet or GMX, definitely give it a go, log on to Arbitrum and uh, kick the tires around for a little bit. And if you're still around and you like this, uh, give us a like and uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't subscribed as well. And I guess that covers it for this show. Uh, thank you, Simon. And I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks, Will.